0: You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast, episode number 72. I'm so glad you decided to listen to my podcast. It's about health, fitness, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle topics. If you are a first-time listener, welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you are a long-time listener, thank you for your continued support. Remember to rate and review the show on iTunes or Stitcher as it improves our ranking in the podcast world. I am sure that you have a friend or two who could benefit from all this awesome health information. So be awesome and share this with them. Let's keep this movement growing. Now on to the show. Health tips and useful wellness advice without the hype. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast. With inspiring guests and engaging fitness, nutrition and healthy living topics, you will be entertained and excited until the end. And now your host. Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have a knowledgeable registered dietitian with us today. Her name is Katie Davis. We'll be talking about supplements, truths, and myths. So without any delay, let me introduce you all to Katie. Katie, are you ready to make it happen? I am. Let's do it. Great. Katie is a registered dietitian through the Commission on Dietetic Registration, licensed dietitian nutritionist through the state of Illinois, board-certified specialist in sports dietetics through the Commission on Dietetics Registration as well. As one of only 700 dietitian nutritionists in the United States to earn the CSSD credential, Kate is proud of both the experience and education she can offer to her athletes. Katie enjoys being involved in the community as a Naperville Chamber member and a member of the Nutrition Advisory Council for Loaves and Fishes. She is also an expert speaker for Parents Matter 2. Katie, that was just a little bit about who you are. Can you share with our audience a little bit more on how you got started?
1: Sure. Well, I, um, I grew up as an athlete. I was always taking ballet, uh, and then I played soccer when I was younger and kind of transitioned to running and distance running in high school. Um, and when I went into college, I transitioned to triathlons, so I had a very much a athletic-type background. And so when I got into college, I started getting a little bit more interested in nutrition, and um, it really just was a good fit. Um, having the nutrition and the, the sports perspective. And, you know, keep in mind, this was probably about 10 years ago, kind of at the beginning of this sports nutrition boom. You know, now everybody's talking about it and everybody wants to get into it as a student in nutrition, but back then it wasn't quite as big yet. So, um, you know, some of my early on training, I think, really has helped a lot to bring me to where I am now. Um, I previously worked at IMG Academy in Florida, which is a very high-level training-type academy um, for up-and-coming athletes or current athletes, um, NBA, NFL. um, Athletes will go down there as well. Maybe League baseball, athletes go down there. Um, And then I also spent some time at Michigan State University with the varsity athletes there and I've had some specialized training at the Olympic Training Facility in Colorado Springs. So kind of, you know, coming up as an athlete and then having all this training and experience, I think has really helped me to be uh, just a more effective sports dietitian today.
0: Excellent. Good. I like that experience. And uh, I know our audience wants to know a little bit more. However, before we go into all of that, What's one cool or unique fact about yourself? Our audience really enjoys this part.
1: Uh, well, um, I guess I, I already said that I grew up as an athlete, but um, kind of a, a separate part of my upbringing uh, was piano. I spent about 10 years taking piano lessons, and at one point got very good. I can't say I'm as good at this point, but um, you know, I did a lot of playing growing up and can pretty much play you know, anything you would put in front of me.
0: Wow, that's pretty good. Do you still play, you said, now?
1: I do play, you know, it's more for fun and, you know, playing while my kids are singing along, playing Christmas carols, that type of thing. You know, definitely not to the extent I did before.
0: Very good, excellent. Um, So let us dive into this whole world of supplements, if we could. Uh, We can always go into other topics, but um, we, we kind of narrowed this down for us as a great topic. And um, what is it about supplements to you? And how is it affecting your athletes? How so is
1: the industry of supplement supplementation affecting the
0: athletes? Yeah, what do you see is happening? And wh- wh- how do you help your athletes through supplementation?
1: Well, so I think a trend that I've been seeing um, really the whole time I've been a sports dietitian, but I think it gets worse and worse each year, is just this idea that in order to be better, you have to be taking more pills and powders and magical potions. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that that very often is not actually the case. Um, you know, when I work with athletes, the first thing that we're going to do is talk about the food that they're eating and how do we use food to help you achieve what you want to achieve. Because even for the very few supplements that actually are effective and that work, if your day-to-day daily intake of food is poor, they're not going to do everything that you want them to. Um, So I see a lot of athletes taking supplements and thinking, oh, well, this is going to make up for a really crappy diet. And it's just not. That's not the way that they work. And so, you know, I think with my... My, one of my passions within my job is to help dispel a lot of the myths around the supplement industry um, because I don't sell any supplements. I don't sell anything out of my office. I don't represent any supplement company. So I think people feel like they can get an independent, very science-based um, advice from me. Uh, coming into my office and that's really what I try to do is build their knowledge of the industry and okay well if we are going to use supplements when is it appropriate and and how do we do that?
0: Very good excellent and you know obviously we are marketed uh, every day and there's all these I don't know social media Instagrams and all this stuff out there about uh, taking this and taking that and other people are doing this and doing that what do people need to be realized about these products.
1: Well, you know, at the end of the day, they're they're companies and they're in it to make money, and they're very good at knowing how to do that. And I see a lot of supplements. Uh, their whole marketing campaign is based on just anecdotal um, evidence, you know, testimonial of some random person saying that they did something. Um, there's actually a really fun documentary called "Bigger, Faster, Stronger." And it's um, essentially a documentary about the supplement industry. And they actually show in there at one point uh, that companies will often do before and after shots of people, you know, those pictures that you see on all the labels or on the website. A lot of times they'll do those on the same day, just using Photoshop and using camera angles and lighting. Um, And that's that's how they do it. They're not true changes that happen over time. And so, you know, I I think a lot of people um, fall to that and, and believe that um, because it is very effective but but again you know it's just them trying to market and trying to make money off of um, athletes that don't, don't know any better and just want to reach their ultimate goal and I think this is the way to do it.
0: Excellent so um, what is going on with the industry in your opinion and how, where do you come in to help educate people and so in other words uh, what, what do you see as, like, the, the situation? And then where do you come in to um, sort of clean it up?
1: Well, you know, I think the situation is that back in 1994, um, there was a law that was passed called the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act. And it basically said that, um, you know, really anybody can, can create supplements. And the FDA, the Food Drug Administration, does not have any control over what's put out into the marketplace. So, you know, you and I could go and, you know, tonight and put together some concoction using flour and salt and, you know, make a little bit of cinnamon and put a label on it and sell it tomorrow and nobody could stop us from doing that. Um, so, really, the FDA does not come in and do anything until there's a complaint, enough complaint, about a particular product. And then they'll come in and, and look at it. But a lot of times that assessment process can take up to a year or longer just to get through it and then actually pull the product off of the shelves. And so, I think that, that's the, the problem. People think that nutritional supplements are watched and tested and um, uh, taking you know, track the same way that medications are, um, and that's just not the case. Uh, you know, like I said, anybody can throw a supplement onto the shelf. So, you know, I think that athletes need to realize that that that's, that's you know really the situation with supplementation. It's it's not checked, it's not um, um, tracked by any means whatsoever. And so, when you walk into a supplement supplement store you're really kind of at the mercy of whoever they're working and and whatever, you know, they're going to tell you, uh, which it may be true, it may be not, but you really don't know what you're doing. You know, if you just take something off the shelf, there could be anything in there. So, you know, I think my job is really helping athletes to understand that, number one, that that is is the problem. That's why it's such a big industry, because anybody can get in there. Um, And number two, okay, well, then what can we do about it? You know, if you absolutely want to take the supplement, how do you find the good ones and, and how do you
0: actually use them? Excellent. Good good advice. And and what have you noticed with athletes today in terms of what are they actually buying? Are they is it a particular product? Is it particular um yeah, is it is it's something specific that people are buying?
1: Um it depends on the gender and the sport and that makes a difference. But I'd say overall most male athletes are going to be doing things like protein powders, pre-workouts. Um, creatine is really popular. I'm seeing a lot more branched-chain amino acids as well, a lot of um, a lot of that type of product. Whereas females, um, you know, they're not going so much from the performance side. Like all the supplements males are purchasing are more performance-based. You know, I want to build muscle. I want to get faster. I want to get stronger. I want that high before I go workout. Whereas women, it tends to be more... Um, from a health perspective. So women tend to do more multivitamins and calcium and iron and, you know, those types of things. It's not that they don't do protein powder, but it's definitely not as um, prominent. So it really kind of depends. Sports to sports, you know, it, it really varies. I'd say uh, football and baseball take the most supplements, but it's not all, you know, it's not an, a rule by any means. Um, it, it really just depends. Really, any athlete at any point in time could be, could be choosing to do this. For a myriad
0: of reasons. Nice, excellent, good, good information. Because definitely, um, not everything is created equal, and it's not uh, how would you say uh, appropriate for everyone. Would you is that kind of correct?
1: Yeah, you know, because the, the supplements that actually have any kind of good research, like um, caffeine for example, caffeine is a really um, researched supplement, and you know, caffeine for the right athlete, for example, endurance athlete. Um, can be very effective and it can be useful, uh, but caffeine for, you know, a, a short-term high-intensity athlete is probably not as useful. So even though it's a very well-researched um, supplement and has good research behind it, when used by the wrong type of athlete, it's still a bad supplement. So, you know, you really want to keep it in the context of the type of athlete they are, the position that they play, the goals they're, they're shooting for, as well as their age. Their age is a big deal as well, because a lot of these supplements are not researched in anyone younger than, you know, probably college age, because that's where all this research happens. You just pull college students that want money, and so you just pay college students to go through these um, different uh, studies, and so that's the youngest that we have data on. So to, you know, throw even a well-researched supplement at somebody under the age of 18, you're just taking a lot of risk there, because you don't know how it's going to affect them long term.
0: Right, exactly. And, you know, I was going to say, what, what are some tips that you could give someone? And not that we're against supplementation, because there is a place in need for it. I, I would say you would agree with that, right?
1: Yeah, there is a place in time for
0: supplementation. And so mm-hmm. what would you say would be appropriate for someone who is, let's just start with this age group, you know, 18 to 25-year-old, looking to, you know, in college, and just looking to uh, be healthier and perform better and um, just wants to be a better athlete. Let's just start with that group. What would you say they should be looking for?
1: For supplements, do you mean? Correct. Well, you know, I think let's assume that it's a high-level athlete because that kind of makes a difference than if it's just their college student who likes to work out. So assuming it's a high level athlete, um, you know, the first thing that I would do with them, let's say I work their sports dietitian, the first thing we look at is just their food intake and try to identify are there any deficiencies here with their food intake? Um, you know, when you think of what do supplements provide. So we're gonna be looking for protein. Are you getting enough protein day to day throughout the day? Um, vitamins and minerals, are you meeting all of your body's needs? You know, big ones that tend to be deficient sometimes might be calcium or iron. Um, specifically uh, you know maybe being depending on the athlete um, and, and their food intake. Um, you know along with that are, are you selling a special diet because if you're following a special diet for example vegetarian or vegan you are cutting out food groups so you're potentially creating deficiencies. Um, you know other things we'll think about is okay well pre-workout, pre-workout supplements they create this high you take them because you want to feel you know all jacked up and ready for your workout so What can we do with food to create the same type of pie? Um, Once we identify food or nutrient deficiencies, let's say those I I feel like, oh, you're not getting enough iron just by looking at what you're eating, then I'll actually run some blood tests to see if the the blood tests tell me that that's actually true. Um, Because it's one thing to look at a couple of days of intake and see something, and it's quite another to to do the blood test and see if that proves correct. so then we can identify medical deficiencies. And in the case of medical deficiency of vitamins um, or minerals, then we absolutely have to um, supplement. That's absolutely, you know, something we need to do because we can't bring that up with food, again. guess. Um, on the flip side, you know, protein powder, I I think in that age group a lot of athletes are using protein powders because they're convenient, because they're easy. They're something that you can just kind of bring to the gym that you have with you really easily after, And that's a situation where I'll work with that, and that's fine. We can completely do that, but let's keep it in the context of we're only doing it because it's convenient, there's nothing magical about it, and let's um, let's put the quantities together correctly to make sure you're doing it right. So that's kind of an example of something that I do see a lot in that age group. It's the the protein powders for the convenience factor. It's your medical deficiencies like iron, for example, and getting that dose correctly. Um, those are the types of things that I would be looking at for that
0: age group. Very good, excellent. And uh, you know, on on one hand, it's sort of like, yeah, we, we want to eat well. We want to eat as uh, clean as possible, and always promote this healthy living eating lifestyle, right? That's really number one, right? And then, uh, if there's some shortfalls and we need to uh, bridge the gap, if you will, um, these protein powders, if you know, are are clean are are studied or are, are uh, good quality, then then yeah, that would be appropriate, right?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think it's true. Even when there are deficiencies present, regardless of what that deficiency is, I'm still always turning to food first and saying, okay, well, you're not getting enough protein. Here are some ways you can do it with food. So let's try it with food first, and if there's some reason why you can't do that, then we'll use the powders. Um, and the same thing with nutrient deficiencies. You know, if somebody, women, for example, if they're not getting enough calcium, I'm not just going to throw a calcium supplement at them. I'm going to see, how do we do this with food? Here are some food sources of calcium, now let's work on it together. Um, you know, when you mentioned the the powder, finding a good protein powder and a clean one, um, that really is a, an important part of this. You know, again, if we keep it in the context of a college athlete competing college athlete, whatever level they're at, you know, division one, two, three, whatever the case, um, if you have an athlete who's potentially going to get drug tested, any supplement that they're putting in their body is a risk. So what we try to do is give them a supplement that's clean and certified by a certification company, and there's only about three that I tend to trust. If we use one of those, then we can bring that risk down significantly, but there's always a risk there. Anytime you're putting any kind of product into your body, there's a risk that you're taking in something that's banned, that you're taking in something that you didn't know was in there and you can run the risk of a positive drug test. But to yeah. you me, know, that drives down even more. We don't want to do this if we don't
0: absolutely have to. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Um, how about another group real quick here? And I know that there's going to be a lot of these people out there which are those weight loss group. And what mm-hmm. would you say that would be a truth for them in regarding supplements.
1: Um, well, with the weight loss group, but you know, I do see it still a lot of interest in protein powders and nutritional shakes. Um, again, it tends to be the convenience thing. Uh, you know, either they don't have a lot of time for meal prep, they don't really know what to make. Um, again, it's just an amazing something to do. Uh, We'll do that, but a big part of that with weight loss clients is we really should still learn how to eat and how to put meals together and how to cook and because you can do that quick as well. Um, Other things I might talk to that group about is depending on how low the calorie intake I'm putting them on for that particular person, we might talk about doing... A multivitamin at that point, but it really does depend person to person. I don't automatically put weight loss clients on multivitamins, but sometimes when you're in a situation where you're really severely restricting calorie intake for the purpose of weight loss, um, then you might want to think about a multivitamin. Um, but somebody like that, you know, I'm still recommending that we do some blood work, that we get there. Um, you know, their labs check just to make sure there's no deficiencies that we don't know about. You know, vitamin D is is a huge one now. It's all over the news that everybody's vitamin D deficient. Um, And that probably is true. But I think what's more important is that vitamin D deficiency is being linked to a lot of things health-wise. So I do generally like to have, no matter what age, I like to have all of my athletes getting their vitamin D level checked so that I can just make sure we're okay there and that we don't need to supplement or if they are deficient so that I know how much to give them because that very much depends on what their level is. Um, so those are kind of amazing things that I'll look at with um, with weight loss clients, but obviously other things might come up depending on the person.
0: Very good. Excellent. And um, do you believe in shakes, by the way?
1: Do I believe in them?
0: Yeah, using them as what, breakfast or meal replacement.
1: Uh, you know, I, I think shakes can be used as a tool. You know, I think when you're trying to get somebody to drastically change their intake and they want to take it very slow, just take it one step at a time, you know, maybe we'll say, okay, well, just for now, just do this shake or this smoothie or whatever for a meal because it's easier. Uh, I think long-term it's not practical, though, uh, because nobody is going to go through their entire life drinking shakes for every meal or drinking even once a day. It's going to get old. And it doesn't really teach you any, but anything about portion size or putting, you know, pieces of meals together or really anything. All it teaches you is how to open a container and drink it. Um, you know, the other problem you're going to run into is whether or not they're willing to admit it, people like to chew their food. They don't really like to drink all of their calories. And the body's uh, levels of satiety, your fullness, it's not triggered by, by liquids the same way as it's triggered by solids. So you're going to get hungry a lot quicker. Um, you're not going to feel satisfied by liquid. So you do run into that when people go on, you know, these all shake diets. I've never had somebody on that type of diet actually say they enjoyed it and wanted to stay on it for the rest of their life. You know, it's just not practical. So I think, you know, again, as a tool, is it useful? Sure, it's useful. But I, I think along with it, you have to learn, okay, why is this a nutritional shape? What's in this? That makes it a good thing. Why am I even using this? Because if you don't, at the end of the day, you haven't taken any steps forward at all. You're just kind of staying
0: where you're at. Interesting. You know, I have to ask you also, uh, this juicing idea, an approach to getting their nutrients, you see that a lot now. And I'm just curious to know, you know, there's probably some audience, my audience, some of them are juicing. I think I know some people are doing that. Just they they feel like they need to do that. What what can you say about that?
1: Well, you know, it's it's similar to what I was saying about the shakes. Um, It it all kind of depends how you're using it. First of all, there's there's two ways to juice. There's juicing where you only drink the juice of the fruit or vegetable, and then there's juicing where you actually drink all of the pulp as well. So if you're going to do the juicing, you really need to drink the pulp as well because if you throw out all the pulp, you've thrown out all of the fiber and some of the nutrients, too. Um, Now, juicing as a part of a meal, like let's say you have your meal and then you're going to have, you know, a a juice with whatever fruits and vegetables in it, that can be a very nice way to get more fruits and vegetables on board, to get more vitamins and minerals on board. So I think that's great in and of itself. But keep in mind, it doesn't trigger your fullness sensation the way that eating the fruit or vegetable would. You know, nature didn't intend us to take fruits and vegetables and put it in a blender. Um, so if you're doing a lot of that, you do run into the issue of potentially going too high on your calorie intake and gaining weight because you're just drinking all of this. You know, how many of us would sit down and, and eat two apples, a cup of blueberries, three carrots, and a cucumber? You know, I'm taking this up. But that you could juice that and drink that down in, what, 30 seconds? You know, so... Again, it's, it's keeping it in context. Is it juicing a bad thing? No, of course it's not. It's going to get more nutrients into you. That's fantastic. But I think it's keeping it in the context of how you're using it and just being aware of what it, you know, keeping it what it is. And what it is, is just blended up fruits and vegetables. So you just have to be aware of how you're putting that in with the rest of your food intake.
0: Very good. Excellent. You know, because all these things that we're talking about have been in the media for some time, especially juicing over the last few years. Would you agree?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and so, you know, we're almost at the end, unbelievably, right? And um, you've been great, Katie, in sharing your knowledge and your approach to the health and wellness. How would you sort of uh, summarize your overall philosophy and what we've talked about today?
1: Well, you know, I think nutrition really needs to be simplified. I think people put uh, so much stress into figuring out what's the magic nutrient, the magic potion, the magic pill that I need to be taking. Is it omega-3 this month? Is it vitamin D next month? Is it flaxseed or chia seed or raspberry ketones, whatever the case? You know, I think really people just need to kind of calm down and just take it back to whole fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean protein, just you know, let's keep it food first and do that and then worry about all of that down the line if it's even necessary. Um, that's really my approach. Food first um, whenever possible and then we'll worry about the supplements because supplements are called supplements for a reason. They're supposed to supplement a good diet. They're not supposed to make the bulk of your, of your diet. Um, really, whole foods should be that foundation first.
0: Very good. Excellent. And I think I, the way I put it, it doesn't replace anything. It just adds to what you currently are doing. And hopefully it's good. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, do you have any health and fitness tips that you could share with us? Uh, maybe three right off the top of your head?
1: Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I would say probably tip number one is drink more water. Nobody does, and a lot of times when you think you are hungry, you're actually thirsty. Uh, dehydration can also really make you feel tired and give you headaches and drive you to eat, so drink more water first and foremost. Number two, get more sleep. not really a fitness tip, although maybe it sort of is. You'd know more about that, um, but Research has shown when you, that when you don't get enough sleep, you're, you actually get signaled by your hunger hormones more, your hunger signals, so you feel more like eating during the day, um, as well as sleep is when you're kind of rebooting and resetting from the day, so it's really important to get that good seven to nine hours of sleep on average each night. And number three, you know, if we're going to keep it simple, I'd say just uh, eat more fruits and vegetables and uh, whole fruits and vegetables. And that's probably going to improve your eating by leaps and bounds, even
0: if you change nothing else. Very good, Katie. Excellent advice. And I totally agree on all three. Definitely water, hydration is important. Getting your rest, recovery, sleep is also super important. Uh, And just eating whole foods is very, very important as well. So totally agree with all that. Great tips. Um, How do people get a hold of you, Katie? And would you have any last piece of advice?
1: My my website is rdkate.com. So R-D as in registered dietitian, K-A-T-E dot com. And from my website, you can find my phone number up there, my email. Um, I also have a Facebook, a Pinterest page, a blog, a Twitter handle. So there's lots of ways to find me. Um, I'm pretty easily found. Um, and again, the, the business is RGK Sports Nutrition, um, and my name is Kate Davis, and so that's how you'll find me. And gosh, last minute tip: what have I not already beaten into the ground that I can? That <laughs> Just I can one more time, Kate. <laughs> yeah. Just one, one more tip: um, you know, at the end of the day, let's let's really focus on whole foods. Um, leave the supplements to supplement what you're trying to do. And uh, don't believe the hype on the internet, keep it science-based, find somebody who has the research science knowledge to give you the right advice, um, don't just google something or believe the muscle man on the website because they're probably just trying to sell you something.
0: <laughs> the muscle man, uh, they're always truthful, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Those muscles are always completely real, they're not photoshopped. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. I really appreciate, Kate. Um, I will put a lot of that information or your contact information at least in the show notes and people can get a hold of you there. Um, It's been very quick, I think, but very informational. I really appreciate it. Yeah,
1: thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate
0: it. Very good. We'll talk to you soon, Katie. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsue.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living is waiting for you, so stay active and be safe.